Hey, this is the Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Sig Sauer, Never Settle. I always have a Sig within reach, no different from today, as I always do. Uh, I had a choice of what I carried in combat, I always carried the best, and that was Sig Sauer. Uh, we are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the America Out Loud Podcast Network. Check us out, uh, Project Sentinel at projectsentinel.net, London Center, londoncenter.org, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, etc., etc., etc. And today, we're joined by former congressman, former FBI agent, my good friend, Michael Grimm. Michael, uh, God bless you, represented the uh, both the 11th and 13th District of, of New York. Uh, still hanging in there. We've done some interesting things behind the scenes. And uh, he, is, he is truly one of those people I both admire. Uh, I knew him. I, I admired him from afar before. And then when you meet the guy... He's like uh, a real guy, and 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 being a real guy who wants to get things done, I always admire this. So, Michael, thank you for joining us on the Hard Truth today. Well, thank you for the kind words, Tony. It's great working with you, and uh, you know, I think it's birds of a feather. You're a guy that you know cuts to the chase. You're direct. You want to get things done, and you love your country. Look, we served because we love our country exactly, and we, and we care about our communities, our neighbors. You know, we consider those on the other side of the country our friends and neighbors, regardless whether we met them or not, because they're fellow Americans. And yeah, I think somewhere along the line in our politics, that's all gotten lost. I know. And I appreciate your consistent, I mean, decades plus comments on that very issue. And uh, I think it's interesting that you and I behind the scenes, I think, can still talk to the other side. I mean, they will grudgingly talk to us, but they understand exactly what you just said. I don't see them as enemies. I see them as misguided. Uh, often influenced by the wrong voices. And that's why we're here to provide them the right voice. <laughs> you know, and I would also argue, though, unfortunately, um, you know, as, as a member, when I was a member of Congress, it was getting to the point that it was so bad that the other side couldn't speak to each other. Right. Because they were afraid a reporter would find out and then they would be labeled, listen right. to this, a traitor. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how in- insane it's gotten. And that's why nothing can get done. We have a logjam in almost every direction. A, a quick story on that. Uh, about 11 years ago, Walter Jones and Jim McGovern, uh, two sides of the aisle, Jim McGovern being Democrat from the Boston area, Walter Jones being a former congressman from the area I now live in North Carolina, had worked, uh, asked Tony Zinni, General Zinni and I, to help do an assessment of Afghanistan, nonpartisan assessment. And uh, just to get that done, there was so much criticism from both parties. Neither party wanted it done. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're setting aside politics to do something. It was very unpopular. And it was just like, how do you guys not get, we should be focusing on facts, not on emotions. And if we can find common ground to work on something, let's do that. And so that's why we're here today to talk about how we've become so divided. Uh, Let's start with the easy thing first. Uh, right now, there's this whole issue with classified documents being out there. Um, by all accounts, I've looked at what, I, I, what I've seen in public. It looks, they look authentic. What I find interesting, uh, Michael, and I, I'm a retired uh, DOD operative, and I started off as a counterintelligence special agent. As a matter of fact, my first assignment, you're going to laugh at this, was at, uh, right under the Verrazano Bridge at Fort Hamilton. Uh, in 86, I was I was the special agent in charge, acting in, especially in charge of the New York City resident office of, of the 902nd MI group. And so I worked as a counterterrorism task force guy and chased around, you know, the, the joint counterterrorism task force back in those days. So I have fond memories of New York uh, at, during that time. But the point being is that that uh, we DOD have our own intelligence 
counterintelligence investigative capabilities. Why do you think DOJ is coming in to investigate the leak that apparently came, they're, they're saying came from the Pentagon? You know, because I think nowadays everything is politics. That's yeah. why. And, and the other problem is not only is everything politics, the DOJ has been co-opted by politics. It's become hyper-political. That was so my theory. The motivations are really what's coming out of the White House and this administration. And it's really this is goes back to the Obama administration. I think it got it was listen, I saw the FBI. Uh, I became a special agent in 95. Right. Mm-hmm. So 95, almost until 2007. I can tell you, I saw the escalation in the politics within the office, and I, you could see that DOJ and FBI was becoming more and more political. So this is not a surprise, but I would tell you this. During the Obama administration is when it really took off. A Chicago style of politics came into the White House and pervaded DOJ, and that's where we are now. Wow. So that was my theory, because obviously uh, I've been involved in internal investigations with the DOD as a special agent, and it was just notable. And I think in some ways they're doing the DOJ FBI thing, because, Michael, to your point, if they find out it's some a Biden member, they they will avoid prosecuting. Them, Tony, right? they, I mean, can't, they can't control the narrative. if right. those Guys do it. So it's all about controlling the narrative. Right. And if there's any unknowns, they're going to lock down and bring in their go to guys within DOJ that are nothing more than political operatives. I don't care yeah. what their title is. You know, they could be the director of whatever. They're political operatives. Yeah. And that's what brings me to the next thing, which is this uh, overwhelming and continuous uh, withering fire of Donald Trump by the, the DOJ, the FBI, and now Alvin Bragg. And uh, again, we're let's start with uh, the micro, go to the macro. So micro, Alvin Bragg, I mean... Michael, I love Manhattan. I love hanging out in Manhattan. Uh, you know, I run a think tank. The London Center is still based in Manhattan. I can't go to Manhattan. It's not safe. I mean, how, how do you how do we circle that square? I don't understand how, how, how he's getting away with doing this right now. Well, listen, this isn't what the, the awful part of this is that, that history always repeats itself. And if you mm-hmm. look at the crime uh, in, in New York City that was cleaned up under, you know, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, really. That's that's yeah. what it, because it got so bad that liberals finally pulled the lever for a Republican because they were afraid for their lives. So yeah. now you come into modern times, you have Alvin Bragg that, that actually campaigns on two things. There's only two things Alvin Bragg campaigned on. One was get Trump, period. Very simple statement, right. get Trump. The second thing was decriminalizing, having less prosecutions of criminals, less people put in jail. In other words, less accountability for those that are terrorizing New York City and committing the violent crimes and all the other acts. So those are two things he he promised he would do, and he has kept through to his promise. In that regard, he's not a politician because he's keeping his word. But let's be very clear. This was a get Trump, and now, you know, I'll put my lawyer hat on for a second. I don't understand the indictment. And the main function of an indictment is to tell the person being charged with exactly what they're being charged with. Right. Because in this country, you have a right to defend yourself and you're innocent until proven guilty. He doesn't even allege the supposed bootstrap crime that makes these misdemeanors a felony. And he doesn't explain why those misdemeanors aren't barred by the statute of limitations. So I think the actual charging document, the indictment is deficient and his legal theories are beyond deficient. So I think... I've heard lawyers make that argument on both sides saying this is insufficient. It's not going to hold up. Uh, do you think it's simply the, the process is the punishment in this case, just getting the, the indictment on the books, no matter if it stands or not? Is that part of the process at this point, you think? Well, 
You use the word punishment. Let's be clear what we're talking about here because, number one, what is the purpose of Alan Bragg? Most yeah. likely to run for higher office. So this isn't right. about punishing Donald Trump in his opinion. It's about using Donald Trump's notoriety to score points with his left progressive base so that he can run for mayor or governor or attorney general of, United, of uh, New York State. So that's, in my opinion, his motivation. Plus, he's also being leaned on and giving marching orders, probably, again, being promised that they'll support him later for higher office yeah. by, by the White House and others, you know, probably the Clintons, the Obamas, who knows who's helping to pull streams. We all know Soros is funding a lot of it. But you know, that, so that's one aspect. The second thing is, look, Donald Trump is a pariah in the eyes of the left and must be stopped from running in 2024. So that's the other side of this. Why are those on the left supporting Bragg? Because they don't want Donald Trump to run. So that's, if you argue that's the punishment, they're just trying to get Donald Trump not to run. So uh, this is probably a question you don't know the answer to, but I know that you take time and stay in shape. I, I, I do workouts every day. How many cases of potted meat does it take for Alvin Bragg to keep that amazing physique of his. I mean, does, is, does he take it in by the case? I mean, does he have to have it every morning like his breakfast? I mean, potted meat, as you know, is very high in salt and, and fat. So uh, I, I don't I don't want to give any way secrets here to, to the masses of, of how he does it. But I got to tell you, it's it's amazing. His physique. I mean, just saying I, I will say one thing. It's definitely <laughs> something you have to work at. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So let's go from the sublime to the absurd and talk about Georgia. So uh, you and I both know uh, a little bit about the whole election fraud thing, as, as you know. Yes. And there's still a dangling participles. I'll just leave it at that, um, that, that are unresolved relating to what happened in 2020. But uh, for not going in anything we would get in trouble talking about right now, let's just talk about this intent to indict uh, by the fact that Donald Trump called the governor and said, hey, go check to see if you can find votes. How is that criminal? I mean, it's just like saying, go do your governor, uh, go, well, go do your job. Well, I'm going to do one better. They did okay. find votes, right? So subsequent yeah. to that call, X number of thousands of votes came to light when they recounted. So yeah. um, he told them basically, go do your job and verify, because I think I, I don't think all our votes were counted. Go find out. And then they did, and he, Donald Trump, once again, was right. They didn't right. count all the votes. So, again, where, where there could possibly be a crime here, I am, this is, they're, they're getting creative. They're stretching the law. They're making up whatever they can make up to, to get a headline because what the goal here is is to completely scandalize Donald Trump with all of these criminal cases because they've tried to do it the first time, right? Whether yeah. it was talk about the way he acted with women and the different women that made all these allegations and none of that worked. Yeah. So those regular scandals, what they normally use in politics fell short. So now it's going to be, let's use the criminal route and say that he's under indictment in New York, under indictment in Georgia. And then the DOJ will come in with classified documents and say he, he uh, thwarted their investigations as an obstruction charge. So I'm looking at no less than three potential indictments, one we have in the can already in New York, and two more potentially for the sole purpose of creating this idea that he's so scandalized by criminality that he's not someone you can vote for. And they're hoping to go after that, that middle road voter, someone that's not really a Republican nor a Democrat, but those are the guys that this decide most elections because they're independent, they're in the middle, they're undecided. That's who they're going after. So um, I want to be respectful of your time. We're, we're getting short, short here. So I want to hit that last piece 
and go into that a little bit regarding the document issue. Now, you and I, as professionals, both you as a special agent, me as a special agent, we understood the classified document system. We understood markings. We understood protection. Uh, boy, I, there's a guy named Joe Biden. You may have heard of him, who apparently kept all sorts of documents in his private uh, offices. Nobody seems to be worried about that. Yet the guy who was co cooperating, Trump, actually allowed the FBI to come in. Uh, I think the Secret Service is part of the federal government, Michael. Don't I mean, I maybe I'm... And they, they were the guys kind of guarding them. I mean, uh, gee, so you had one case where the documents were, were clearly protected. Uh, another case where just now the, the, the gang of eights finally getting looks at those documents. And by the way, I'm going on a record right now on the show saying that I think those were probably presidential daily uh, intelligence briefings that were given to Hunter Biden for purposes of, of him instructing uh, those they were they're working to to grift off of overseas. I'm just saying that as a part of the record. But uh, clearly there's a difference here because uh, those documents that Biden had were illegally obtained, at, at least uh, illegally stored, as far as I can tell. Yet Trump's was were, were completely legally retained. And yet you do a raid on Trump and you don't do a raid on Biden. Uh, what well, do you think of that? I mean, well, I think that this is one more indication that there's clearly two systems of justice. That's number one at, yeah. a, at a 30,000 foot level to drill down a little more into the specifics. Let's look at how more egregious than you even said. Yes. President Biden, then Vice President Biden, moved these documents um, into different offices that, by the way, the Chinese had access to. Yeah. But let's go a step further. He also left boxes that arguably might have been from the Senate, days that he was in the Senate, in his garage. Right. Um, but, you know, since his Corvette was in there, that's really not a worry. Don't worry about that because the Corvette was safe. So that's right. that shouldn't be a problem. Um, so I think you're 100% right. There's two systems of, of justice. Donald Trump, by the way, also... When he took those documents, by the nature of him being the president of the United States, declassified them. So right. his documents are not classified anymore. They may be sensitive, but they're not classified anymore. Right. The vice president and senator at the time, Joe Biden, didn't have the ability to declass anything. So although he may have had legal right to see them at the time, the contemporaneous time that he was given those documents in his position as a senator and as a vice president, but the minute he took them out, of an area that they shouldn't have been in, whether they should have been in a skiff or in a safe. The minute he took them home to his private residence, he broke the law, right. period, the, at, the t at that time. So I'm not saying now as a president he's break he broke the law. I'm saying at that time that he moved those documents, he broke the law. He was never held accountable for that, never will be held accountable for that. So they're going after President Trump for declassified documents. Right. And they went, they visited, they said put a lock on, he did. So he was obviously complying with the statute that governs presidents with, rega with regards to presidential records. Right. He was following the right protocols. It's all a joke. It's disgraceful. And it's where we are in our country right now. So one last question before we go. Uh, yes or no. Do you think uh, if the opportunity should present itself, should Joe Biden be impeached based on the illegal handling of documents? At this point, yes. I think he should be impeached for several reasons. But the biggest thing is that his son, uh, we know, was involved in China and Ukraine, I think the money flows to President Biden. That's I think what so I too. think. And I, I think, think so that's too. a reason for him to be impeached because he lied about it. Then he was doing it as the vice president and probably doing it even as president. Well, that's it for today. Michael, thank you for joining us. Man, it's been a great interview. I always appreciate our conversations. And I'd like to can have you back at some point where we can talk a little bit more about the upcoming uh, 2023 
2024 election cycle, what, what we need to look for regarding voter integrity, because that's going to be a huge issue that I think is going to come up. Uh, and let's see if Bill Barr starts uh, calling me again, yelling at me to stop investigating uh, things like this next time. So, well, Tony, so, listen, for those that don't know, you are truly an American hero. I, I'm proud to call you my friend and my colleague and love working with you. Hope to be on the show again soon. Thank you, Michael. And uh, thank you. And we'll see you again here very soon. So, uh, folks, uh, that's gonna that's the end for part one. We'll be back uh, with part two of The Hard Truth uh, very soon. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix Rx nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code out loud at cofixrx.com. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to healthycell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back guaranteed healthycell.com code out loud worried about spike protein dr peter mccullough and the wellness company may have a solution get the incredible american-made gmo-free spike formula from the wellness company go to twc.health and use promo code out loud for an exclusive discount americaoutloud.com If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. This is The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour Never Settle. Uh, I have a choice of what I carry. I have a choice of what I carry in combat, and I always have a Six Hour close by because they are the very best. 
We are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available in the America Out Loud Podcast Network. Check us out, Project Sentinel at projectsentinel.net and the London Center for Policy Research at londoncenter.org. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here we are for part two of the show. We just had uh, my, my friend, former FBI agent and Congressman Michael Grimm on. We talked about a number of issues relating to the weaponization of government, the judicial system, some of the things that President Trump is facing. And so we're going to go into our group discussion, our weekly discussion with our panel, uh, the debonair and uh, always on top of his game, Chris Cordani, <laughs> doing the boards and, and editing. Probably uh, the, the vivacious and uh, big last uh, Tanya, Tanya Miller from Hawaii, <laughs> and and the extraordinary Elizabeth Breckenkamp, uh, uh, still uh, hanging in there, doing her thing from uh, Lake Virginia. Anna, right? Well, right now we're in Hanover County, Virginia, but yeah, Hanover. Lake Anna, Lake Anna is our other home. Mm-hmm. Ah, so uh, you're like Joe Biden. You have like five homes, right? <laughs> we only have two, but I don't try to hide them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. And we actually <laughs> claim everything on our taxes. That well, that's good. To. That's yeah. good. And and I, I don't think you have any income coming in from China, do you? I mean, I'd have to fire you on the spot if that's not that I'm aware of. All right. Well, that's good. So <laughs> so let's start with uh, China. So Michael Grimm said some interesting things about China and the influence of China. So one of the things that uh, before we started on this journey of the radio show, Tanya and I would often talk about North Korea, China, and the influences on Hawaii. Hawaii is obviously, I think, one of the most vulnerable states to influence and that sort of thing. So uh, we've seen in the recent days news about uh, the Chinese, the PRC, the, P, the, the People's Liberation Army, uh-huh. the PLA of the, of, the, of the PRC, doing things to isolate Taiwan and temp- attempting to be antagonistic. Matter of fact, they're talking right now about doing a test embargo of ships uh, around uh, basically doing intercepts i think it was on the 14th and 15th of this month just to prove a point so uh the the combination of the intimidation by the chinese and the purchasing of of politicians how dangerous do you all think the bidens are if they've been bought off by china let's start with tanya since tanya and i used to talk about this all the time how dangerous? Can you repeat your question? How are dangerous the are the Bidens since there's a good possibility that they've been bought off by the Chinese? Well, extremely dangerous. And um, this has been my concern since prior to the election. Um, prior to the election, we were privy to a lot of information that divulged how dangerous um, just for the sake of blackmail, mm-hmm. just for the sake of access, the sale for access. Um, we, we've had these, this intel and some information way in advance for election time, and it was censored. We're still censored. Um, so very dangerous. And all of these latest movements we can see is just a furthering of what we already had a heads up about. And the fact that we have been ushered into this with everything being blocked as far as any kind of investigation or discussion. There will be no investigation if the masses aren't even allowed to hear about it on the mainstream media. Right. So they're not tuning into independent reports or shows like this. They're not even giving giving a heads up. So I say quite dangerous, not just for the positioning, but because of the positioning has been so much that they've got the masses um, bamboozled and clueless, completely clueless as to um, the ties between China 
Ukraine and the Biden family. And this has been a long-standing problem. And now the entire globe, not just the United States, but the you, you know the entire globe is at risk because look at what we're all facing. And so, yeah, we're getting into these weeds and they're all over the place. These snakes are in these weeds and they're all over the place. And there's a lot of ties to this Biden family. So I'm, I'm pretty frightened. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many threats all over the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one do you want to pick? <laughs> so, well, let's pick Elizabeth uh, as the next uh, discussion of threat. Elizabeth, what do you see on all of this regarding China? Well, I, I like what Tanya said, because um, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, the the ties between China, Ukraine, uh, Biden and, of course, you know, Soros is funding a lot of this. Because he has plenty of money to throw it around. Um, but yeah, especially when you uh, mentioned the media, a lot of even though we do this show to educate and help people understand, you got to dig deeper and really see the, the full story and see how the Bidens are pretty much, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, you know, um, giving up our sovereignty and um, letting China become more and more influenced in our country like you were saying it's the media it's so much in the media so many people um especially i think you know pretty much anybody under the age of 40 they don't really look at um in-depth news and they just look like you said at twitter instagram tiktok or they'll see something on cnn and then they just believe it at face value and that that is another problem but that's why we are doing this because we're trying to trying to educate people trying to help people to understand there's it is a scary threat. It's 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 a very real threat. And I'm afraid if not enough people are paying attention, that it's just going to get worse. So that's, that's what I wanted Chris to talk about then, because, Chris, one of the things Michael said is that clearly there's two two tiers of justice. What I think I didn't get to with him, unfortunately, <laughs> is the recent article within the last 24 hours of this taping that um, the Biden White House was actually involved in the Mar-a-Lago raid. So uh, what do you what do you think about that, Chris? And what do you think that there's any chance that people are going to buy into this, that they're going to see that Trump is un is unelectable based on the fact that uh, the Biden, the Biden folks are setting them up? There are already people who are going to believe anything that comes out of the Biden camp anyway. There are going to be people who are forgiving or thinking the Biden camp was doing the right thing by being involved in this. The fact is, what people don't realize is government can be weaponized against uh, a a super gajillionaire like uh, Donald Trump. It can be weaponized against the regular person. Oh, yeah. This is what people should understand. We've had two administrations out of the last three, and I think we all know which ones they were, which have constantly used uh, government organizations, or I should say government uh, bureaus, government uh, arms of the government, like the IRS, Department of Justice, or, or FBI against political opponents. This particular regime is, is already putting people in jail for mm-hmm. having um, d- different opinions from, they're putting political prisoners in jail. Uh, we, what, he, what, uh, what the Biden administration is in danger of doing right now, along with Alvin Bragg and George Soros, as you know, the, uh, the, the master funder behind all of this, you could, uh, you could actually see Donald Trump turn into the next uh, Sakharov or Solzhenitsyn, obviously minus the gulag. Uh, minus the well, I don't know. They'll, they'll get him in the gulag if they can. Well, you understand that, that they're turning him into a political martyr, and people realize that uh, that that they could be political prisoners, just like the guy with the I always forget his name, the veteran with the with the with the, 
the, the, the, the horn. The guy Dan with the horn. The guy with, no, the Dan, guy with the horns. Uh, oh, I was oh, the, horns. The, the guy with the horns from the January 6th. Oh. Thing. But, um, yeah. They call him J6 Shaman, the, I think, or something. But the, the point I'm trying to make, he's a regular guy, and he was running in jail just for walking into the Capitol building. Well, no doubt. Yeah, the, all it's those ridiculous. folks were arrested on misdemeanors and at, at best. And they did not, there was no insurrection. It was interfering with government process as the maximum charge. So it's it's just insane. But that's the thing that we're faced with. And I think uh, we have to examine the options available based on the reality in which we live. And this is the problem right now. The left is very emotional. They take emotion and turn it into policy, and it's very yeah. dangerous. And I, I think this is where the woke comes in. So I know that this is something I wanted to touch base on because there's a lot of woke stuff. And the woke stuff comes directly out of the, the progressive left's desire to control and manipulate thinking rather than act on uh, facts to establish good policy. That's what's going on. And the woke piece is something I think that um, is designated to do the damage to the very fabric of the culture, Chris, to your point, that removes any ability of people to think independently. Because like you said, some people are, are just going to believe whatever the Biden White House says. And that's why they bought they brought in all these influencers. And this is all directly related. So um, I don't know. Do you, do you all think that maybe if I um, put a wig on and walked around in high heels, would I be a better influencer than I am now? You think? Apparently, I'm just you asking a lot yeah. more um, airtime. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You do get a lot already. But I, I you know, it, it, the point is, they're, they're, they're these influencers. It makes no sense. They're getting a platform for the percentage of people who um, this represents is so low, you know, but it, right. it seems to be growing exponentially. And I'm not sure if that's nature or nurture or what have you. But it's very odd to have such a highlighted and advanced, um, I guess, marginalized. However, we have a larger population like women that are certainly being worse than marginalized. So it's quite interesting, especially when it's not a smart business move. It doesn't seem for Anheuser-Busch. Uh, but yeah, we're still having this getting shoved in our faces to a degree that's so much higher than any other uh, marginalized. It seems like we just go from one pocket of, hey, we got to pay hyper attention to this to the next. And it's just like, wait a minute, hold on. This is in our face on so many fronts. This is definitely a coordinated strategic uh, culture change on purpose. And I'm wondering, who does this feed? It, it's certainly not helping the fabric of our country, right. although portrayed as if it yeah. is in the name of diversity and love and acceptance. But in the meantime, we're all kind of at each other's um, either self-censoring, feeling marginalized, sorry, of women, that is, um, mm -hmm. families, Christian children, when very day they're attacked, we see safe trans children, um, banners, which I'm very confused by. So it's really <laughs> what's happening, and it yet it keeps happening, and you're not going to be aware unless you are on certain independent or more conservative leaning and off of the mainstream, very obvious only biased and to the left, which I came right. to. So it's very strange to me as a former 
total lefty um, to be seen. <laughs> how crazy. And I know many of us have left. Many of us have said, hold on. This is not um, discussing our values. This is taking something like I protested for gay rights. I protested my many of my friends. I used to rent from somebody who does drag shows. I mean, I'm very open about adults and their rights, but something different is happening now. And I think you all mm -hmm. see it. I, well, yeah, I, I want to touch on that. You're, you don't have the legs for high heels. Just saying. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. they're, I think we're fine. they're very muscular. Hold on. How about pumps? Can I do pumps? You think you, you could because Clive Jackson, Clive Jackson was doctor from doctor in the medics. He's, he's over six, five. I believe he's six, eight. And he wore high heels. I'm not saying you don't have good legs. You, I okay. just don't think you have good legs for high heels. That's gotcha. Right. Well, I'll do pumps then. But speaking of pumps, which I know you used to wear, uh, you and I were of the era, uh, Elizabeth, when we took the survey about gays in the military. I don't know if you remember. I remember. I, I, we we had to do a survey about. I remember General think, McLaren. <laughs> did, was, 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 did he wear high heels? Uh, no, he had to give. He, we had to do a public affairs big thing about him. Um, doing a whole presentation about it. But anyway, go ah. ahead. So, well, that's the point. What Tani was saying was expressed well, by the military about uh, 12 years ago, 13 years mm -hmm. ago. It's about the time you and I were working together. Yeah. A survey went out. I got one of the survey things. Do we believe that gay should be in America? Who cares? I don't care. As a matter of fact, I knew for a fact, Tanya, to your point, gays were already there. We knew who they yeah. were. And, and, and when I was yourself. in command, when, yeah, when I was in command, when I was either in command or directed something, uh, I would go to him and say, don't do anything that I have to take official action against you. Do, I don't care who you sleep with. Right. I don't care what you do. I really don't. I'm a Reagan guy, and I never cared. I, and I think a lot of conservatives really didn't care either. It was all a, a farce because, you know, go sleep with whoever you I just don't, you know, I'm not gay. I don't want to be gay. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to wear high heels. Pumps are OK, but not high heels. Go go be, you know, go be gay. I don't care. But don't do it in such a way that gets me in trouble because I got to take action against you if you do it officially. Don't ask, don't tell. Well, right. that went away. So uh, the idea here is that I think we universally recognize everybody should have the right to exist, the right to be free. You don't have the right to start grooming children. And I think that's where a lot of this goes I agree. right away. So, yeah. Well, that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening. The thing, about, the yeah. thing about the Dylan Mulvaney character, and this yeah. is, I believe, where oh. everybody's going. Nobody's mentioned him, her, whatever you want to call him by name. He's the idea is this is the so-called influencer. Yeah. I will say entertainer. Oh, yeah. I will say and entertainer. Influencer. But keep in mind, in the influencers of today are the people who are on TikTok doing stupid things for 60 seconds. The mm -hmm. influencers of yesterday are the celebrities who are mouthing off on pol about politics, like... Uh, 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 what do these kids watch today? Uh, Jane Fonda, right? They watch. Jane I don't Fonda. want Jane Fonda. I, I know, but that, that that she's the kind of person who was out there trying to push peddle her influence out there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The fact is now you have people like, but you have people in the ivory towers who are way out of touch in the in these uh, uh or or the millennials who are taking over ad agencies and and companies that uh, they're thinking let's push our values into this because our values are hip. The problem is they still don't realize who their audience is or how right. to transition a, a uh, an audience or work on a good marketing campaign or target different marketing campaigns to different people. Right. You, you can't put controversial figures, no matter how much you might like them as a person or not, or you might want to spread some kind of message. Any controversial figure is going to cause a problem with a, one segment of 
your marketing population and that's why population and that's why i admire madonna so much for just going right out there and deciding that she's going to become a character out of that movie what's that movie with that mask that's all oh, puffy yeah. i can't oh. remember what's that remember they they like they do saw the movie saw remember she oh, became yeah. that face oh, yeah. of the movie saw oh. it's great so Any movie why knows. why why be you know milk toast just go all the way and, and be something extreme so there you go <laughs> okay <laughs> It is time for Tony's oh, take, though. It yes, oh, it's about it's that, that time. time Tony's again. take brought to you by Sig Sauer. Never settle. Never settle. Never I don't settle. settle either. However, let's get your take on this. All right. <laughs> the all right, all right. Let's try this. Okay. Uh, right. First things. First things first. Mm -hmm. Interesting question posed by reporters in recent months came to a head recently, and uh, question is: Is Joe Biden being protected from doing press conferences? And answering directly to the press off the cuff. <laughs> so um, KJP Kareen John Kareen John asked right. the question. Sure she tried to blow it off, and she oh no, he he answers questions really well, and then always uh, and, and there were splitting. groans. There were groans from the from the reporting pool, mostly lefties. They were not mm -hmm. buying it at all. That was hysterical. Oh my gosh, I'm going to play that over and over again just to have a good laugh. Maybe I'll just play it for you in just a moment. Tony, let's get your take on this though. You gonna play it? Play it. I, I'll play. It. Let's hear. Let's hear your take, and I'll pull it off in just a, a few moments here. So my take is uh, Pierre Jean Luc Picard needs to really start working on her ability to project her uh, her thoughts in a way that is more realistic. She she needs to listen more to John Kirby. Maybe if if she went with John Kirby to buy ties in Georgetown, you know, like if she started wearing three hundred dollar ties and mm -hmm. uh, talking and. Uh, and more curt sentences like John Kirby does. You, there's things you should not be looking at, things that uh, um, should not be in the public domain. And, uh, you know, don't look at those things. <laughs> if it says oh, yeah. U.S. government on it, just pretend you didn't see it. So she right. ought to take lessons from John, just saying. Oh, that, that's no the offense uh, Brian to you, John. Shelter approach. There we go. Yeah, I think oh. he can share some tips with her because she doesn't seem to be uh, very uh, quick on her feet for covering no. Biden and no. her attempted cover for him um is lame yeah <laughs> lame. and i just thought it was wonderful that they did an automatic uncontrolled response they couldn't control their groan back i mean it was just it came out that was so funny oh, oh here we go well, let's here's, hear it here it is here's okay. here's jean-luc picard uh, kareem or is we do get an opportunity to ask the questions to the president about domestic and foreign policy issues in a formal setting at some point, uh, and you choose that point, we haven't had that opportunity in quite some time. So I'll say this, it is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. Snarky, but wrong. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll certainly, we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear, John, yeah. I hear your question. I heard Zeke's question. I hear you. I hear you on the press conference, on a formal press, press conference. We get this probably every couple of months when you guys ask us about a formal press conference. I don't have anything to share with all of you at this time, uh, and uh, and I'll just I'll just leave it there. I'll just, I'll just leave, it there. leave it there. Leave it there. I have no comment, and I'll leave it there. I'll say this. She says um uh a lot too. Um, um uh, uh, uh. I'll say this. She really uh, ought to hang out with John Kirby, and they should like you know that would be a great idea. They could wear like the same suit and same tie, be like. Uh, what is that uh, movie with um, Dr. Evil? She could be like the doctor, like the mini me. 
John Kirby could be Dr. Evil and she could be the mini me. That'd be great. Don't you think? And even utter that it's unprecedented how accessible he is. It's like given at, at the previous president that we had and how available he made himself and whether you like him or not, you have to give it to him. The man was able to just speak off the cuff. I right. mean, uh-huh. that's what he was known for. And people were like, how long is this going to go on for? Because just that was, that was mentioned in the press conference. Yeah. That was. So, One reporter said he did that. And he goes, the last president did that. Exactly. He do it all the time when he wasn't supposed to. I know. I, I was at a departure <laughs> ceremony one time and he just started talking to folks out of the blue. Uh-huh. So let me ask that question. So why is it then that people still believe Joe Biden has any credibility when he can't even go out and speak publicly in any any uh, in any regard over any period of time? It's for the same reason that Brian Seltzer was is allowed or is doing lectures at Harvard teaching about misinformation because he plays ball and he's one of the cult. Did did I tell you that I was in the same room with him once? Yes, you did. It, it, it It smelled like brimstone. I don't know if it was related or not. I don't know. Maybe. I, you know, for those who've been in, you know, brimstone, it's it's not nice. But anyway, I I don't know if Brian smelled like brimstone. I'm just saying the room that he was in smelled like brimstone. So Brian, don't write the show and get upset. We don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying it. I'm saying it was just in the room with you. Uh, so it's a strange correlation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something you don't see every day or smell every day. Just say it. Right on. Like, let's, yeah. let's get Tony's Maybe. take on this. All right. And uh, we talked about China a little earlier today. And uh, Emmanuel <laughs> Macron, who is the sycophant of sycophants, goes to China <laughs> and is criticized by well, Donald Trump for kissing Z's, uh, you know what. <clears throat> Meantime, other, U- other UN, uh, uh, excuse me, other EU comrades of his were a little upset about uh, Macron saying we should stay new or the EU should stay neutral and shouldn't even be involved in uh, in protecting Taiwan at all. Right. Uh, here's what Liz Truss, a uh, form, uh, as you know, the former PM for a few minutes of uh, Great Britain had to say about that. She's still an MP. She was talking with the Heritage Foundation a little bit earlier this week. Let's hear what you have to say about what she says. The idea that we can treat China as just another global player is is wrong. It is a totalitarian regime and we need to adapt our policies accordingly. And we need to be much more skeptical uh, about what is said uh, by China and what their promises are. And we need to make sure that we are working together as an alliance. So I don't agree at all with the visit by Ursula von der Leyen and Macron. I think it was a mistake. I think it showed a divide in the West, which doesn't exist. And I also believe that we should be much, much tougher on supporting Taiwan at this juncture. She's correct. Uh, the, the Chinese are very nationalistic. They are more nationalistic than, and aggressive than they are communistic. They've decided that they're going to move forward in a certain way. And she's right about Macron. As a matter of fact, uh, can we do surveys on our show? Because I'd like to do a shout out to the audience mm-hmm. and, and see if they prefer that we call the French surrender monkeys or horse-eating socialists. I don't know which one is a better description, but I think they're both apt. You can comment on the America Out Loud page on that one. Absolutely. So anyway, so yeah. So what's better, horse-eating socialists or surrender monkeys? (laughs) Because uh, I think either one is very descriptive and accurate regarding uh, Macron and, and his nation. Uh, but I, I personally like uh, uh, horse-eating socialists because it kind of gives them that, you know, je ne sais quoi 
of of of, of being you know cuisine and stuff like that. You know, French cuisine. So French nobody cuisine. makes better horses as a souffle than the French. Just saying. If you want a souffle oh. and you want it to be horse, you go to the French. Oh, uh, <laughs> horrible horse. <laughs> On the same note, on the same note, Lloyd Austin and Anthony Blinken made a yeah. huge production out of going to the Philippines earlier this week. Mm. And this is shortly, this is right after China's uh, containing China war games, containing Taiwan war games, excuse me out there. Right. How far might this U.S.-China game of chicken go? And I want to add this too. As America's losing influence in, uh, with nations that have uh, or have rare earth resources like China and Afghanistan, and China's gaining influence in Africa, again, resource-rich nations, I want to point out that the Philippines also have a, a rich potential when it comes to mining rare earths. They do. But uh, at this point, China has the corner on the market for lithium, and they've been able to obtain access to most, lith most lithium mines in Africa as well. So um, one of the things, let me throw it to our team here, because the Biden administration right now is attempting to use the Environmental Protection Agency, which is not protecting any environment that I'm aware of, to, to establish the policy that by 2030, and that's just down the road, uh, one third of all U.S. vehicles will be, quote unquote, electric. Now, uh, to obtain that goal, you have to increase three things. First, you have to increase access to rare earth minerals such as lithium. You have to find new sources of lithium and strip mine them, sources that are not even discovered yet. So you have to find that to, to obtain, because to, we have a huge economy. And to, to even one third of that, to do it, you have to do that. Secondly, uh, this is going to really offend people. You find got to find carbon because so much of, of what goes into those cars, you have to have carbon. And the other thing you have to have, petro petroleum, plastics, uh, fossil fuel. So you got to have uh, huge resources to build all of those things. And third, and most importantly, electric power. Where are you going to obtain all the addition additional uh, voltage that's going to be required to charge these things on a regular basis? Since right now, cars don't require you, you plug them in every night. So think about one third of the population having vehicles. And by the way, you, you have to have stations and houses, $10,000 charging stations. This is an, I want, an enormous stupidity. So before we go to the no, rest of the team, I, mean, on I this, just Tony, I want it out there. Huh? I want to throw this. I want to add. I want to add to one thing you said, Tony, to for the rest of the team here. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of uh, of JP Morgan oh, yeah. Chase, said earlier this week that uh, he he suggests that America use the full force of eminent domain, eminent domain, to take property from private citizens to put up solar farms to make sure we That's get right. this electricity or or achieve the climate change goals. Ladies, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, here in Hawaii, we already have, um, you know, the big push on the electric cars. You know, we're an island state. We're traditionally blue. Environment's big on our list. However, we have the worst uh, recycling, by the way, because China doesn't want to take our recycling anymore. So, and California's full and we just don't invest in having our own. But aside from that, they don't have enough of those recharge stations that Tony right. mentioned for exactly. the electric vehicles that we already have. Exactly. We are in locations where there can be flooding and other issues that we have because we don't have good uh, infrastructure in our island state. So we have a tremendous need for normal infrastructures for our traditional um, structures that we need uh, 
rebuilt and reinforced and we're still waiting for that but we keep going with these forward so-called advances and progression and it's not because it's really um counting on something we don't have so yeah where are we going to get these resources does that have anything to do with um maybe where we go and how we pull out of certain areas i don't know but china's having access to some things in afghanistan right now um and so i was told that from I don't know, somebody who knows, somebody very important. I probably shouldn't share who. But, yeah, I, I, I'm just saying these resources are going to be they're, – they're counting on them, right? So that's got to be part of a strategic plan. If you're going to be putting out this goal that we and we don't have the resources as of yet, then what is the strategic plan that we're all um, going to be propagandized into to support – uh, meanwhile, you're telling us we have to have this because of whatever science you're pushing and studies you're pushing while you suppress those that uh, say differently. So I don't know. I don't think we're prepared. We're not prepared. And But what are they going to do to try to get us prepared? That's what's, that's well, what's scary. That's what Chris just said. Jamie Dimon, who runs uh, J.P. Morgan, said oh, the government should just seize things. So, Elizabeth, how do you feel about that? Should Should the government seize whatever you think they need to make you to force you to take and, and buy an electric vehicle? Of course not. The government already um, has too much um, too much of their hands in our pockets and too much of their hands in every part of our lives trying to get us to do everything they think we should do. Because the more power we um, the more we give up to the federal government, the more they're going to control everything. I mean, right. you know, how, how does that give each individual person? you know, their individual freedom to, to choose whatever kind of car. Because I remember, you, Tony, you'd mentioned this before in a previous show. Like, I don't need the government to tell me which kind of light bulb I can or can't buy, you know, for my house. We don't. Keep in yeah. mind, eminent domain was used to build the, the interstate highway system. That was It was used heavily for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and people are probably listening saying, well, it's not that important. I don't think people are going to take my property for, for solar farms or wind farms. Let me tell you something. The kilo versus the kilo versus New London case set the precedent that uh, that your property could be taken to build a mall right. for the greater good. Uh, so right. it, it looks like they could use that and and will do so if they really have the guts to do to uh, to uh, accomplish that and accomplish these feats. Remember, twenty thirty is their key year. Yeah, we have a Walmart over sacred uh, burial ground over here in Hawaii. So yeah, I mean, I could see how that could be something that would be pushed for sure, because if they're in the need, they're going to do what they want to do to to, to get the access and to say, oh, we have all this land. And, and if they're going to need it, what are they going to do? They're going to push the power that they have, but we're not going to like it. And and but, the thing is, it takes, like Tony was saying, it's not even just the solar power. There's, there's so many things that are going to be pushed down our throats. And yeah, that's scary because I think that they will push for getting that power because they already have in the past that the precedent's been set. It's a slippery slope. But that's the problem in, in times of crisis. And you guys have storms and typhoons. What if you have to move from one part of the island to the other? Uh, how, how many charge stations do you have available? If, if you had one third of your vehicles and you had to do that and there and you've got like 10, 10 stations and you've got 500 vehicles, how does that work? It doesn't work. And I've seen uh, in, in, in California now, on a normal day without any stress on the system, you have literally 15, 20 cars in line to get to charge stations, which then mm -hmm. takes 20 to 25 minutes minimum to charge. Oh so Im imagine if you got one third of the, of the population driving those things and you have a crisis. We have a typhoon coming in. You have uh, something coming that you have to evacuate or move rapidly for. What are you going to do? How do you move people? Oh my and gosh. I don't think and the government didn't care. 
And remember this. Remember the the Uber that we were in New York City that went in the tunnel on the way to oh, Yes, I do remember oh, that. Yeah. That's a funny. Tell, tell them the story, Tanya. That's a good story. Tony and I, we, I flew into New York City. We're, we're, we're going to the train. We, we took the train yourself. actually from DC to New York City. We have a, a London Center board meeting to go to. We, we take an Uber right outside Penn Station. We hail and, and it goes down in the, into the tunnel. And um, battery tunnel. Yeah, battery. Okay. And so the tunnel in Battery Park area. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in the tunnel where this traffic is just just going so fast around a corner and we're in this cab. I'm not realizing it's an electric vehicle. We just got in one. It's right? a we're Prius. Right? I guess that doesn't, that shouldn't matter. And so the uh, next thing I know, I had this instinct, something told me too, and I wish I had followed it. But anyway, we were in the car out of nowhere in the middle of the tunnel. It, it dies. Stopped. It just stops. And I've got my like uh, roller bag, you know, and he's got oh. his briefcase or whatever. And we got to get our stuff and get out because I'm panicked that cars are going to slam. Behind. Oh, yeah. It was dangerous. We could have been all killed. That's it could have been a pile up because the car, what, ran out of juice in the Literally. middle? Of the it died in the middle of battery thing. tunnel. Yeah. There was nowhere to go. We had to scale That's the irony. wall all the way up the curb and then cross the traffic. Right. There was a small catwalk. The suit and, um, Roller bag, no sidewalk, and people just going around the corner because a vehicle died. That can happen. By the way, this is on our social media from five years ago. And that's a great headline. Your electric car died in battery tunnel. Battery (laughs) tunnel. Battery Battery tunnel. That's right. Quickly, we have have about a minute or two left. All right. Tony, your take on this. So Kamala Harris now supports violent insurrections, does she? As you note, in Tennessee, she goes to Tennessee and supports the insurrectionist uh, uh, state legislators. Oh, mm-hmm. Doesn't even bother visiting the victims, uh, the, the victim of the shootings uh, families. But she mm-hmm. mouths off about all of this. So apparently, I don't know, maybe about a month ago, she was still on that couple of years long quest to say, hey, these uh, violent insurrectionists from January 6th, they're horrible people. But wait a minute. I want to support these guys, even though that was more violent. If you saw the if you saw the footage from from that protest where these uh, legislators took part in, that was right. actually a violent insurrection. Technically, mm-hmm. it was. And in the words of Kamala Harris, it's important to recognize that when you recognize importance, the things which are most important to recognize are those things which, you know, to be important. And insurrection is very important to those things which when you recognize that an insurrection is an insurrection. It's very important. Was I clear on that? Sure. Yes. <laughs> I think clear you are. Blood. That's right. Um, so, <laughs> no, I mean, it, 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 it's very clear that the <laughs> context, the context of, uh, of a, an event matters not uh, how violent as long as it's, as you got a Democrat label on it. If the Democrats do it, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, just talking to some folks here. I had to attend, you know, I'm on the, um, the library trust board here. And we were talking yesterday about history and uh, I, I don't want to get into deliberations, but people generally do not like having history brought up if it is inconvenient to their political narrative, just saying. So I think uh, it's very clear that people have, uh, have decided uh, again, like we talked about earlier, the, the left wants to use emotions as the driving force behind whatever they do. Uh, and we are saddled with the burden of wanting to use facts. Imagine that, that we- uh, yeah. that. Oh, the horror. The horror facts of that. And in the way of all the wokeness and all That's the- right. <laughs> the horror, the horror. 
You know, it's oh, like uh, apocalypse now. Oh, oh, by the way, yeah, for those who follow me on Twitter, I've changed my, I've, I've added my uh, pronouns, apocalypse now. So you can check it out on Twitter. So, <laughs> right? Good. That's right. So I, that's it, right, Chris? It's, it's time to wrap it up. It is that time again. Happy trails time. to all, I suppose. Happy trails. Thank you all for being here today, Tanya, Tanya Miller from Hawaii, uh, Elizabeth Breckenkamp from, uh, I guess it's still Virginia, right? Still in Virginia? Yes, it's still Virginia. And, and Chris Cardani <laughs> from the, the Great White North of uh, uh, New York, right? An uh, undisclosed location. That's right. Uh -oh. location. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, and it, but it, it looks a lot like uh, where Eskimos live, probably still, so. Probably. Anyway, so anyway, it's been the hard truth uh, with Tony Schaefer, uh, powered by Six Hour, Never Settle. Uh, obviously, another shout out to our friend Cherie Curie, who I think we're going to have on soon. Uh, Cherie does our bumper music, uh, Rock and Roll Oblivion. Man, do we all feel like we've been in oblivion. So it's time to get out of the oblivion, do something good, listen and educate yourself, uh, move forward with understanding what you need to do to be effective and productive. So thank you all for joining us. Look forward to talking to you next week on The Hard Truth.